0: Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the breakdown of how the Springboks beat Scotland in a Rugby World Cup pool match in Marseille. I'll be joined by rugby writer and the sports journalist who most recently angered Eddie Jones,
1: Ken Borland. Ken, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thanks very much, Peter. Just a a small correction there. I wasn't the most recent journalist to to anger Eddie. Um, he, He was angered by his entire press corps. Uh, subsequent to our little uh, contretemps in Pretoria. Um, He he told them all to give themselves an uppercut and said it's the worst best conference he's ever been at. Um, So yeah, I've I've, I've been demoted a bit, which which is a little bit sad. There might be about 15 guys ahead of you now, Ken. Um, (laughs) So on that note, uh,
0: let's get started then with that Springboks uh, Scotland fixture. As it turns out, it was actually South Africa's first opening match win at a Rugby World Cup. Since 2011, how relieved will Jock Nenaba be with that 18-3 win?
1: I think very. You know, going going into the World Cup, they always highlighted that game as being absolutely critical. Um, and it was because the losers of that game now have to beat Ireland basically to progress to the quarterfinals, which no one wants that pressure hanging over your head, you know, to have to beat the world's number one side um, to qualify. Um, And I think his his feelings of anxiety would have only been increased by what happened in that first half. Uh, The Stringbox only going into the break 6-3 up. Um, And yeah, so it it was really nip and tuck in that first half. Uh, Nina will be very relieved in the second half that they got things right and managed to convert uh, their dominance into points.
0: It was quite interesting ken i was watching a bit of british and irish media uh, in the aftermath of the match and the feeling that i got from them was that scotland were the better team in the first half and they were calling it a game of two halves but by my score scotland only entered out 22 for the first time after 25 minutes i actually thought we were fairly comfortable except for maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half was
1: i watching a different match uh, you were watching the same match that that I did, I think. <laughs> I agree with... No, I agree. I, you know, I think the Springboks certainly dominated that first half in terms of territory and possession, but their conversion rate was really poor um, inside Scottish territory. I suppose you could argue that Scotland maybe looked a little bit more dangerous with ball in hand. A couple of times they did um, enter Springbok territory. They, they definitely caused problems, uh, beat the rush defence a couple of times. Um, so they had a better conversion rate than the Springboks, but I, I think in terms of dominance and just who looked the stronger side, it was the Springboks in that first half. Although you had that nagging sort of fear that the longer it went on like this, um, Scotland had the ability to get a couple of breakaway tries um, and then they would have been tough to beat.
0: And then speaking of the last 10 minutes of the first half, as I say, for me, that's when Scotland probably had their best period in the match. They won uh, one or two scrums against us as well. Uh, France Malhaber on the receiving end of one of those. But except for that, I thought that our pack looked really, really comfortable against them. What do you
1: say? Yeah, I agree, Peter. Um, You know, in that first half, the first couple of scrum penalties went the Springboks way and then there was that change in momentum, as as you said, just before half-time. Um, The lineouts, the springboks were very secure in putting Scotland under pressure. Um, You know, the collisions, South Africa were getting across the gain line more. So, yeah, the the springbok pack did look like they had Scotland's number. It was just the rounding off that was the issue. And then obviously in that second half, um, the springbok pack lifted it up a gear um, and really dominated. Now, I'm not sure about you, but...
0: Jasper Visser is a man who hasn't always convinced me in the number 8 jersey for the Springboks but in my opinion yesterday he had his best game to date in a Bok jersey some of the carries the tackles the work at the breakdown and a special mention on that clean out that ultimately led to Monilebock setting up Kurtley Aronson for that try what's
1: your assessment of Visser you're going to have to get another guest on your podcast Peter because we just agree with each other too much I mean yeah agree really. I mean Jasper Visser I thought that was definitely his best game for the Springboks this season, this year. Um, he's, he seemed a little bit off colour in, in previous games, but yeah, he was very good uh, against Scotland. I, I, I felt brought that physical uh, presence, uh, carried the ball strongly, was a nuisance at the breakdowns. Um, yeah, so great to see him um, find some form again. I might need a Kiwi or someone from
0: the Northern Hemisphere here to strongly disagree with what I have to say, Ken. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Marnie LeBock. Uh, we mentioned there that beautiful cross-kick to set up Kurt Lee and he did have a good game. Uh, he was actually named man of the match. But the goal-kicking, a bit of a concern again, two out of five yesterday. What's your take?
1: Yeah, Marnie battled a bit uh, in that first half, and, and also, you know, some of the game management, both him and Factor Clerk, because, you know, it's not just Marnie who's who's in charge of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some of the kicking wasn't always as accurate as the Springboks would have sort of wanted it to be. Um, but he definitely grew into the game and, and, you know, started to boss proceedings in that second half. I love the way he gets our back line going. I love, um, I mean, that moment of magic with the cross-kick, just absolute perfection, straight into Kurt Learons' arms. And he wasn't even looking, Marty Limbock, uh, which was absolutely superb. You know... I think, uh, and and it's been said by people like Nick Mallett and, and Butch James or no, not Butch J, sorry, uh, Scott Berger. Um, in that first half, I think the Springboks should have kicked for touch more than kicking for poles. Um, they were tough kicks for Marnie Libok, uh, long kicks, angled kicks, um, you know, and, and if you miss those, suddenly you're on a bit of a, a down in terms of confidence right from the start. Um, I think it would be better for the Springboks to kick those to touch, get their pack going, get the rolling mall going, um you know really build that physical dominance uh, you know and, and you you might get a trial from the mall or one of the uh, the variations we have around the mall, or you could get an even easier penalty for for the box to kick if if that 's your goal to build the scoreboard scoreboard pressure so I, I think they need to look at that in terms of decision making on the field um Let's kick into the corners like we did against the All Blacks that took in and put them under severe pressure. Um, that way you can also get yellow cards. It's, it's like a snowball effect. You know, you get the referee on your side. Um, so, yeah, overall, very pleased to Libach that, you know, in the end, he had a, a very good game um, and a moment that, you know, he'll obviously cherish forever.
0: Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets And get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen, and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link, and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program, toll-free helpline, 0800 006 008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. And then speaking of the way that we play, often the criticism is that we're a one-trick pony, which I don't think is fair. Uh, We saw yesterday, again, the way that we're attacking with those three-man pods. You know, it's fairly creative. Uh, Some line-out variations we saw as well. What's your assessment of the way that the Springboks are evolving?
1: They've definitely definitely evolved their game from 2019. There's no doubt. I mean, 2019, we basically won because of our our physicality in defence. And uh, aggressive defence creating turnover opportunities for us to attack. We've definitely grown um, attacking strings. And, you know, going into uh, Sunday's match, uh, this year the Springboks have scored more tries per match on average than any other team, uh, made more line breaks um, than any other team. So very unfair to to be critical of the Springboks um, attacking, attacking play. Uh, look, they they they're lethal from turnover opportunities from penalty advantages. Um if they get the more going and they and they decide to put it to the backs. Yeah, I, I think the attacking play is going nicely at the moment. Um in that first half, they'd probably be a bit upset that they didn't uh convert better. Uh but you know, in that second half, two really well taken tries. Let's talk a little bit about
0: Finn Russell. For me, he was the danger man from Scotland's point of view. But we dealt with him quite well yesterday, I thought, uh, especially in the early uh, moments. There were a lot of up and unders that appeared to target him specifically. I think there were two charge down kicks as well in the first, uh, certainly
1: in the first half. Uh, we dealt with him well, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was noticeable that they they sort of kind of swarmed him. They uh, kind of kept constant pressure on him, so he he didn't just have the pressure of of getting back for ball. But he always had, you know, two or three spring marks right on him whenever he got that ball. Um, so, you know, very difficult for a fly half like him um, if you don't have that front foot ball, if you're not getting protection. Um, I guess he did okay. He, he did beat the uh, the rush defence a couple of times, looked threatening. But uh, when you're so, you know, badly beaten up front like Scotland were in that second half, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult for a fly half to stamp his mark on the game. And then on the negative,
0: we created quite a few opportunities in the first half, but it just seemed like we were let down by lack of execution and maybe a bit of lack of accuracy as well. I grant you that it was the opening match of the tournament and there must have been a few nerves about as well. How much of a concern is that? Or is that just the kind of thing that you say, you know what, we got through the opening game, we're up and running, and there's plenty of room for improvement?
1: It's been incredibly hot and humid in France um, in, in this opening weekend of games. Um, so a lot of teams have actually struggled a bit with with the handling and the passing, and and certainly the Springboks left themselves down a bit in that first half. You know, on attack in the twenty-two, a few balls going to ground, passing, passes not finding the man, uh, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we, the, the conditions did make it tough. We can certainly give them uh, an extenuating circumstance there, but yeah, it, it is something that they they'll need to work on to sharpen up. Uh, to be more slick with the execution uh, on attack. Uh, sure, I think there probably would have been some nerves. It was a it was a very big first game to start with. You know, a lot riding on that result. Uh, so maybe they were a bit jittery at the start. Um, but you know, having got the result they wanted, uh, a pretty emphatic win. Uh, they've now got you know some easier fixtures before they they play the other really big giants in the Pool Island. So they've got time now to work on those things to sharpen up and uh, get even better. Another talking
0: point from the match was Finn Russell's hit on Kurt So I must be honest, I was surprised that it wasn't a yellow card. What was your take?
1: I think it could easily have been a yellow card. Absolutely. It, it, it was one of those ones where if he had got yellow, he really couldn't have complained. You know, it was late. It was... Uh, late. Uh, it was an absolute shoulder charge you know there were no no hands used whatsoever um so it was foul play. so yeah Finn Russell can count himself fortunate not to get a yellow card uh I'm kind of happy if the referees veer on the side of rather not sending people off off the park if they can so not not hugely unhappy that it that it wasn't a yellow but just as long as that consistency now carries uh, through the tournament. Hey, if you're enjoying this video,
0: why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link. I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Let's get back to the interview. And speaking of yellow cards, um, Jesse Creel, perhaps lucky to escape, not only not getting a yellow, but maybe even a red. What are the chances that he might be cited in the aftermath?
1: Nothing much was I mean I can barely remember it. it. It was when he sort of he made head contact with the guy, didn't he? They were sort of going down to ground and he and he yeah, there was a bit of head contact. you know nothing much seemed to be made of the incident um so yeah I, I don't think anything will come of it uh, let's hope because um you know poor old Jesse Creel missed the last world cup um due to injury played a really uh, minor part, injured in the first game. Um, And he's kind of finally got his chance now due to Lukanya Um's unfortunate injury. And he's playing great rugby. You know, let's hope that he can uh, carry on uh, in that vein. Um, And also, of course, South Africa do have a bit of a gap number 13. So we, we don't want to lose him.
0: And then, can I accept that at the time of us recording this video, we might not have the information? But it appeared as if Eben Etzebeth uh, suffered a shoulder injury yesterday. Have you heard any updates on that front?
1: I haven't. Uh, and you know, it was very weird because he he wasn't holding anything or limping, or he, you know, he looked quite angry to be going off the field. To be honest, although although he does look angry even when he's probably happy, so we don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about the injury. Um, it seems it must be an injury because it, it would be a very weird strategic move to take, you know, your, your best lock off the field after 25 minutes. Um, so yeah, we, we wait and hope that it's, it's nothing too serious. Um, you know, we've got a couple of weeks before, before we really, really need Eamon, I guess. So hopefully that's plenty of time to, for him to get over what hopefully is just a niggle.
0: And then final talking point, Ken, we saw a return of the disco lights last night from Rasi Erasmus. Uh, some in the Northern Hemisphere were not impressed, uh, but you and I, we saw it uh, when he was at the Cheetahs in uh, 2006 already. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, first of all, it, it, they're quite weird lights as well. It's like a, a red outer globe thing, and then there's a yellow light inside. Um, but looking at it, I'm kind of like not sure. Is that meant to be a yellow light or a red light? um or, or maybe it's the combination of the yellow in the red uh you never know you know russi has got um uh plans within plans and you know he's 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 a he's a bit of a a genius when it comes to these sort of things um yeah you know half i wonder if what half of what Russi Rasmus gets up to is not meant to just annoy the opposition you know it's not me it's 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 just meant to get under the desk and give them something to think about. Uh, get world rugby up in arms again um, yeah so it I always worry a little bit about coaches having too much of a of an influence from off the field um, you know you, you want to try and keep your players making the big decisions on the field and sometimes if you're giving them too much information um, it actually doesn't help them but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see in, in when the really tight matches come, the tight moments, um, just how, how much those s- signs are used.
0: And then finally, Ken, just your thoughts on the opening weekend of the 2023
1: Rugby World Cup? Yeah, well, you know, starting with the opening game, France-All Blacks, um, just, uh, you know, not, not a great game of rugby, a bit of a grind, but I thought France were very impressive in the second half. They just um, overwhelmed New Zealand. They just kept them under concerted pressure, kept them in their half, um, playing much like much like the Swingmarks do, to be honest. So, yeah, look, New Zealand uh, certainly not writing them off, but, but they've got issues. They against big packs uh, who can dominate them up front. Um, you know, they're, they're struggling to to make their mark, and uh, I, I can't remember Bowden Barrett ever kicking so much from fullback as he did in that game. You know. We know France are going to kick long and deep on you all day long. Um, but why the All Blacks wanted to try and take them on at their own game, um, I don't know. Um, and so it was, it was a disappointing start for them. Um, I was very disappointed in Argentina. I actually thought that they might uh, have the better of England, but they just didn't pitch up. Um, I haven't heard anyone talking about England's boring rugby, which was six penalties and three drop goals. Uh, you know, a, a try nowhere to be seen, but uh, look a really good start for England. Then that that'll uh, restore some confidence after a really tough time they've been through. Um, Australia, you know, they've got an easy pool, comfortable win over Georgia. Uh, Ireland, very impressive. I'm a bit surprised they they played their sort of first choice team against Romania, um, but yeah, they certainly enjoyed the occasion. And, and I guess they've laid down a marker. You know, they've showed we are the world's number one side. He has a score to prove it. So, yeah, an interesting first weekend of matches. Uh, looking ahead to the second weekend, uh, perhaps not as many really showpiece fixes, but um, potential for a couple of upsets because Australia are playing Fiji uh, and, you know, Fiji are very dangerous at the moment. So Australia will be worried uh, about that one. And uh, England are playing hmm, Japan. That's a Japan, yeah, yeah. So you know, you never know. Japan have done have pulled off World Cup upsets before, as we know. Um, so that could be a very interesting game as well.
0: Sounds good to me. Ken, it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope that we can have you on again in the future.
1: Thanks very much, uh, Peter. pleasure and a, and a privilege to be with you. Thanks very much.